Welcome everybody to another episode of Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. And if you're listening to my voice and thinking, hold on a second, I missed the baritone of Max Predos. Normally he opens the show. And then who is this guy? Actually, you're probably wondering who I am. Thank you, Jordan Harvey, who's back. <laughs> yeah, this is two in a row for me. I'm pretty yeah. excited. You filled in for Max? Or you filled in for me? Now you're filling in for Max? Well, just keep it going. Just put me on the payroll and we'll just flow with uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that sooner or later, it's not going to be the Max and Vince podcast. It's going to be Inside LFC, Jordan Harvey takeover. <laughs> the way you're going, because you're, you're nailing it. And you're doing a great job, but I do appreciate you filling in for me because I, I don't miss very many days of work, but I had to, and it, it broke me a little this bit. This is fun for me. Yeah. I, I've done a few podcasts in the past with uh, Stephen Bateshire and Larry Freeman, and so um, I enjoy talking all things football and, and off the field as yeah. well. Well, before we get too far, if you're, you're hearing this, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and tell a friend. And I'll, I'll just uh, give you guys a little inside info. Jordan Harvey, who did do a fantastic podcast with your friend Steam Bayshore and then obviously with Larry Freeman, uh, we're, we're working on some things in the background. I appreciate that, and I've, I've heard that you've been putting in some work behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, saw it and appreciate it, and hopefully it comes to fruition because, uh, like I said, it's something I enjoy. And, uh, you know, with the right co-hosts like Beta yeah. and Larry Freeman, um, it's always a good time. Well, we do this in partnership, obviously, with 110 Football, but they're going to just, they're like, Jordan, I mean, he can already, he can already do the job. <laughs> one ten, and he has, football, the relationship's real. It's good. It's good. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, you've been on the LAC three sixty shows, which has been awesome. Uh, you actually came into the studio. You were what a set that studio. All of it, very professional, high yeah. end. The production. Look at this. We've got yeah. like ten people behind the camera. It's crazy. I'm, t- I'm telling you. When you, I'm, I'm sure when you came on, and we had your lovely wife on, which was just amazing. That was one of my favorite episodes to have you on. And then Kim's like, if I'm here, I'm going to talk. I'm like, please do, because that makes it more fun. She was probably even like, what's going on over there? Yeah, she will not pass up an opportunity to get in there and voice her opinion. I know that very well in in the Harvey household. And um, yeah, it is always entertaining to have my wife, who everybody refers to her, Kim Caldwell. We, We need to like set the record straight it is kim harvey mm. uh, thankfully changed her name it's not hyphenated called no, no, it's harvey okay. we're, we're through and through okay. harvey's well it's harvey's and she's in on this of course she is okay i'm just making sure did. did i sneak in and change oh, yeah you're like hey if it's on the record <laughs> kim by the way i just said it on the podcast <laughs> the max and vince podcast which goes out to the masses yes she stuck with it yes of course she wants to be uh she's proud to be a harvey come yeah. on let's go uh can i just say though before we get into the soccer that i caught a lot of strays in this last podcast, you guys clowning me a little bit. You and Max, mostly Max. I, I want to get one thing out of the way. Let's get the let's get the look-alike thing out of the way. That was a funny thing. That the genesis of that was Ben Chi, who used to uh, work work with me closely, and then was Kim Moon Wan's translator. Mm-hmm. One day told me, "Hey, you kind of look like Jordan Harvey." And I jokingly said it to you, and you said, "I could kind of see it." You, I mean, don't don't let yourself off the hook. You ran with it pretty hard because I thought it was funny. Yeah. Because I because so you, we were making jokes. Well, why I thought it was funny because I don't think it's true. Well, I can make jokes as well, then, right? Yeah, no, you can. I'm, I'm saying Max Bredos, okay. coming for you, Bredos. It's always Max. Uh, but it always I, takes it too far. But we can drop it now, like Max said. I, I you, we don't have the hair the same anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm looking like you know what you know. What I actually I need do, the earrings. I need the. You earrings. need the earrings, but wow. I, I look like I'm the Jordan Harvey that got left out in the sun and is melting. Whoa. Whereas you're continuing Stop forward. Stop putting yourself down like saying? that. Come on, can you man. Get me on? Can you like just say we look alike? We do. Yeah, but I see Stop you out it. here. I see you out here running around. Like, how, what's your workout program still? 
how can I, I, and how can I get on it's it? It's a habit that I can't break. Yeah. So now having retired, I can't stop working out. It's like uh, working out. It's like addictive. But how hard do you go? Um, so that's the hard part as well, because I'm only like six months removed from yeah. playing. And so I try to go as hard as I can. And then once the wheels fall off, then I'll start transitioning to golf maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah well i'm just saying like i gotta get it i gotta start running around i mean i, I, me. I get out there a little bit in long beach i do the paddle boarding and yeah, the kayaking and that's stuff the best. and run on the strand shout out to know. naples canals we'll get out there for a paddle there almost every other day there i'm there so well, max odenheimer called me when he went paddling with you former data analyst for lafc and he goes hey man i think i'm gonna come out to long beach a lot more i go see I throw the offer out there. Nobody takes me up on it. Max did, and he's better off because of it. Yeah, now he says he's going to come out a lot. So yeah. I was like, well, call me up. That. I'm down the street, not too let's far go. away. Let's go. All right, let's talk some football. Everyone's yeah, screaming. They're like, yeah. you have Jordan Throw Harvey on the podcast, and you guys are talking about this. I, it's funny because it happens with Steve's uh, in touch with Steve Trundle. We get comments that are like, Vince, can you ask the real football questions? Those are amazing, by the way. I enjoy they are. I enjoy that side of it. Well, I have. I usually let it slide off, but I've gotten in the habit of saying, you know, they do uh, press conferences every week, they post those as well. Yes. And I'm part of those, too. So we do ask the real football questions, but it, when we've got guys, we want to... You guys are human beings. You this have real where, lives. This is where my podcast goes as well. Yeah. More off the field. That's why I loved your podcast, because yeah. you, especially... I, no offense to Larry Freeman, love Larry. The business of football, all that, that you guys got into, and, and the media side of it, and, you know, the, you had John on. We're talking about the documentary, Last Dance. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal, I would say. Those podcasts are still available if you have not listened to them, shooting you... Shooting your shot, check them out. Um, those were awesome, but the inside stories with you and Beta. Yeah, those are like good. off the field. Yeah. Can't beat that. Well, that gave you a level into kind of lot more locker room kind of conversations, mm -hmm. and uh, and because you could break those barriers down with teammates and stuff. We were teammates in the moment. I think that was what made that unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so let's talk football. Yeah. Let's start with, uh, we'll, we'll go in order. So we're going to start with Orange County, mm -hmm. a 5-1 victory in the, what is it, the third round of the U.S. Open Cup? They keep moving stuff. They keep changing it's it. It's the first game for us. First game for us. Uh, let me just throw this out there to you. It, it was a game where obviously there was a lot of goals. A lot of, Steve even commented afterwards, those were some high-quality goals that you guys have still been kind of looking for. But before we get to that, can we start with Orange County's approach? Because I thought that they really tried to press more than I've seen any team be willing to press this LEC team. And yes, it might have been to their detriment, but I had to applaud them a little bit for going for it. Yeah, I, you can applaud them for sure. I think it goes back to uh, LAFC and and kind of the slow starts that we've seen uh, throughout the beginning of the season. And, and it just goes to being able to move the ball quicker. And once we were able to do that, you saw it when uh, Cheeky wins the ball, mm -hmm. plays Cifuentes, who then first time into Masovsky, goal and then it would start to flow from there everybody started to move the ball a little bit quicker but if we aren't able to move the ball quickly lafc that is teams are going to be able to kind of get around us mm. uh pick up loose balls or kind of read and and step on triggers and orange county did a little bit there's been some teams that have done it a little bit but once we're able to pick up the pace mm. of passing and the sharpness um no, no teams have really been able to hang with us. Yeah, I mean, LAFC is obviously known for its its ability to press. Uh, it's not like a Red Bull press, but you guys get get at it in the right moments. It's methodical, yeah. Yeah, it's methodical. Uh, you guys get at it in the right moments. I just, I, I was taken aback because I'm not used to, because like you said, some MLS teams have pressed you guys. But I was not used to seeing four and five guys actually going after you guys. And then, yeah, when you guys found the solution, though, you know, the, what did they say? The worst, the 
not pressing is one thing, but a bad press is even worse than not pressing. A hundred percent. And then you saw them kind of take a lower block, I think, as the game went on. And uh, you can't really do that. Once the team starts moving the ball quickly, you can't do it for 90 mm -hmm. minutes. Um, and so you need to start maybe at starting in a mid block to a low block. Um, and then with that said, the quality that LAFC has uh, and the goals, mm -hmm. uh, they were it was a highlight reel of goals, yeah. uh, either winning it back, working on counter press or just, uh, you know, a build up to a great finish, yeah. um, which you saw. And it was great to see. Masovsky get on the score sheet, Cal Jennings get on the score sheet mm -hmm. because he's been working really hard with Las Vegas and then coming in and training with LAFC. So um, you saw a wide array of goals, a lot of guys on the score sheet. So it, is a, it was a very productive game. And those are trap games because mm -hmm. if you don't start well, if you don't, uh, I think they had a couple opportunities at the beginning. They had yeah. that, that half field shot that, that was something. hit. I was really impressed with him, actually, mm -hmm. in particular, the whole game. Um, if those go in, then it's a dogfight, and it's a tough game uh, for 90 minutes. But um, you've shown, LAFC has shown the resilience, and you saw it through that game, and then them they took it over. Well, this was a little different. So you have come against USL competitions, and you've come out on top. You have not lost to a USL team in the Open Cup. But I remember those Sacramento games were a little bit tougher. I remember the uh, – who was the other team? Sacramento, and who was the other? Fresno. Yes. Those, those games, I mean, ultimately you guys came out on top, but this felt a little bit different where, like you said, you didn't get stuck in the trap. Yeah, and it's, and it's those games that you see a lot of times in preseason um, when you're playing uh, – uh, a, a USL team or even a college team sometimes, there's those first five, ten minutes that really dictate the rest of the game. So if if you're able to play through their press, if you're able to move the ball quickly, not really give them opportunities or any sniffs to gain momentum, then you get into the game and you do well. The moment you make a mistake within that first five, ten minutes, even if it's a college team or USL team, then the game is going to be tough. Um, and so it's kind of a trap game. You see it in preseason and then these Open Cup early rounds. Uh, but LAFC stepped up, and it was really entertaining. So you've now gotten to participate in the Open Cup, obviously, as a player, now as part of the coaching staff. From day one when you came here, uh, John Thornton and Bob, when he was here, said, we take the Open Cup very seriously for a couple of reasons. One, we respect the competition. But two, it's a chance to get into the bigger competition that we really want to be a part of. How have you seen LAFC continue to look at the Open Cup after a couple of years off? Yeah, it's a trophy above all else yeah. and that's what this club wants to start to bring in is trophies and obviously a champ at cha a chance at champions league um and i played in vancouver for a long time and it was basically like three games and you could win the canadian championship mm -hmm. which was great um here it's a few more games but it's also not a significant amount it's just a tournament you can get hot you can put the right lineups out there there's going to be slight rotation mm -hmm. but where lafc stands out from other teams is the depth, right? And I think you've seen the depth with LAFC and Stints, but this is high quality players that are coming in or just coming off the bench that mm -hmm. are maybe uh, like a third string nine coming off the bench that's high quality, right? Yeah. So um, the depth is gonna help them carry it through. Uh, this tournament is difficult. They're, these games are in weird moments of the season. You have to worry about injuries and, and fatigue, um, but but that's where LAFC has it this year is depth. So you think they should go on a long run. Yeah, give me a little bit of a – let's pull the curtain back a little bit from the coaching staff's perspective because after that game I said, I think, other than the goal, because you would have liked a shutout, especially mm -hmm. for John, he played well, uh, you would have liked that shutout. But I was like, I feel like you ticked all the boxes. A lot of good goals. 
guys that, like you said, Cal comes off the bench, gets a goal. So now you get him going just a little bit. Um, you were able to get Franco Escobar out there for about 65 minutes, which I think probably is what he had in the tank, um, and then pull him out. Yeah. Uh, you get you roll Carlos out there, okay? Yeah. Get the ball at your feet a little bit. Callan out there, get the ball at your feet a little bit. Then they help contribute to goals. Like, was that, if you're like setting up the kind of the checklist, was that the coaching checklist kind of, we got to move guys in and out, substituting them when we wanted to. Was it, did it go to plan in that way? Yeah, it worked out great, and 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 that's what I'm talking about. At the beginning of the game, it it kind of set up for um, being able to roll that out that way, right? So right. you got to do the business, Tur but Chirundolo is great at having scenarios set in place before the game. That, however, it happens, he can then uh, go down that route, right? Mm -hmm. So he has things set in place, which is really impressive uh, given whatever scenario happens within the game. And so you saw um, it work really well. Like you said, Carlos, I don't think he's ever played in a first round game. Maybe, yeah, probably not. Against a Fresno no. or um, And you got to, a guy Sacramento. like Ilya doesn't have to play at all. Yes, exactly. So you rest him because he's been working extremely hard. Um, but I think you're seeing, and you've, you've, you've seen it through the beginning of the season, there's been good results, but every time you see someone from the coaching staff, Steve in particular, speak, he's not satisfied with how we're playing or how, um, if we are playing well, then maybe in the boxes, which you saw against, mm -hmm. say, Galaxy. Um, and so this was another opportunity to build on that, mm -hmm. uh, to create some rhythm, um, some fluidity in the midfield, um, up top, and then to score some goals, to have some confidence to go into not just the U.S. Open Cup, but the rest of the regular season. With Carlos getting in, and I always say this to people, and I don't, maybe they don't believe me, so maybe they'll believe it from you. If Carlos is there and he's dressed, he's going to play. Like, he wants to play. He's not, he's not happy. Like, I, think, I always think that he, he would say this, if you're not going to play me, just leave me at home. I don't know about that. Um, I mean, he wouldn't say it out yeah, loud because he's not, he's not, but I feel like that's his, he's like, if I'm here, I got my boots on, let's go. Yeah, and, and he came in and, and in the past, I've had players who maybe think that they're bigger than uh, the game, or mm -hmm. it's an Open Cup game, we're playing a USL team. Um, but he comes in and he raises the level extremely. Um, I think he, how many assists did he get? One or two in a short amount of time? I think time. he ended up with like a hockey assist and he had one sure, primary yes. assist. Um, but and it was part of that 15 pass move with Kellen, which was. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was really beautiful. And it shows that if we're able to move the ball quickly, um, get in good spots, and then Kellen with a great pass. And that's what we're looking for with an mm -hmm. oncoming Franco. So, like, it's mm -hmm. not just the strikers getting in good spots. It's a guy like Franco who started the season well, now is just coming back into the fold. Now his confidence gets boosted up. So, yes, I mean, not putting too much weight in it. Everyone's, like, competed, did really well, and it's a huge confidence booster. Feel like we covered that pretty well? Should we move on from more? Yeah, I think any, so. Is there any other notes so, yeah. you feel like you would want to cover there? Yeah, we won't, we beat that one down. That was good. That's good. I was just making sure we're being thorough. <laughs> and, and you being part of the coaching staff, maybe there's something you want to get in there. You know, I don't know. What are they, what kind of notes does the coaching staff tell you before you come on a podcast? They're like, just don't talk about this. Um, no, nothing. I, I feel like yeah, now, they trust now us. well, now doing the commentary and the broadcasting yeah. and stuff. Like, I feel like I've got a good uh, sense of what is now out in the open and what uh, I can divulge and what I can't. All right. I love you, but I'm trying to, like, pull anything I can I out give of you. a lot. I mean, no, I'm, you do I'm give a lot. Actually, you, I, I don't think there's any question I could ask you about that game that, that you haven't already answered. So mm. it's not like I have to trick you, but if I can, I'm going to try to get something from you. Trick me. Come on. Trip, trip you up. All right, let's move on to Cincinnati. Uh, one of the things that I think I, I want to carry over as a through line is that uh, note that you had about scenarios. 
um, Steve having scenarios and then plans of attack. Um, because it's something that he's actually been very open about. Uh, you know, you go into halftime, um, and we'll, we'll talk about the slow start in a little bit. I have my own thoughts on it. I know, I know you definitely do. Uh, but you go into halftime down a goal, and you never should, right? At least 0-0. Zero, zero. You should get out of there 0-0. Zero, zero. But you go down a goal, and Steve has even said that. He goes to the players and said, this is what I see. This is what you could do. And how do we want to do it? Or you, you tell me, how, do, how, does it kind of, how do those scenarios kind of play out when he comes into the locker room and, and kind of has his team talk at halftime? Because it's, it's working. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, it's working. Um, I think it's also the players taking the onus on themselves and then having a chance to uh, sit back, reflect, discuss with one another. We've got a lot of experienced guys on the team um, that will be honest with one another. And then you come out the second half and you correct what went wrong. Um, it happens in video sessions as well, before or after the game. There's a lot of uh, tweaking uh, discussion on um, the fluidity of, say, the midfield or how we want to attack or, or make runs. Mm. Um, all these uh, kind of principles or sub-principles that go into a game model that players are still learning. So within, say, the first half of Cincinnati, Maybe we went away from those. Mm. And so then you come in at halftime, and Steve, like you said, he gives a talk on what are we doing wrong? What are we, we not doing to our game model? And maybe lowering our level. Um, and then how do we correct those? Mm -hmm. And guys are able to take those on because they're experienced players that have been there, that understand these nuances. And then you see good second halves. You just want to get it. You want to get it rolling at of the course. beginning of the game, and I think that comes down to. Well, let's roll it. Let's talk about slow. Yeah. Start. So, so I, I think it just comes down to um, a comfort level in, and moving the ball within the back line, mm -hmm. and then into the midfield at a pace and at a uh, sharpness that maybe comes with urgency okay. um, when you've given up either a goal or you've given up a chance mm -hmm. um, and then you have this sense of urgency. Okay. We need to bring that sense of urgency and that uh, effectiveness or what is the word I'm looking for into the start of the game right? where you're um, actually imposing uh, your will on a team and um, doing it uh, consciously and uh, with intent, yeah. that is the word. Okay, this, this is why it's important to me, because when we say slow start, it's a very abstract thing. Yes. Um, and in this sport, and I've learned this even more so with being around you guys, uh, the way you use your language and the way you say things and the terms that you use have to hit in the right way. So you can't, I, I don't think that you guys probably talk even in just saying slow start because you need specifics. Yeah, it's a very generic, and you need to go way deeper than right. just slow start. You could say lethargic start. You could say not sharp enough. Um, I think across the beginning of the season and, and all these games that we're discussing right now, it's not that it's a slow start or a, or a bad start. It's, there's little things that just need to sharpen up yeah. um, and to get going faster. Yeah, in this game specifically, that's where the camp I fall in is the sharpness. Because if yeah. I'm watching that game, I'm seeing yeah. Carlos getting a lot of touches and finding ways to influence the game from different spots, getting mm -hmm. a lot of looks where he's picking up the ball. I'm seeing you guys readily get into the 18-yard box pretty easily. You created some great A scoring chances. You just weren't finishing them. Uh, you weren't really giving up chances per se, except for on set pieces and then your own mistakes. But I understand when people say, no, it's a slow start because, look, you're down 1-0 at halftime, and it's self-inflicted so that's where i'm saying like we have to if we're going to say slow start you tell me what a slow start is is it just the score line is it this you have to go deeper so so you just touched on uh, some of it i did as well but and that's maybe one game it's this one game it's that right um it's not 
all of those things in one game. Um, you look at the Galaxy game, and I thought we played well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have the moments of, of laps in the box, right? Uh, losing Chicharito, um, and then not being able to finish on the other side. That's almost more rare than um, we've been doing very well in the boxes and, and stopping uh, set pieces and, and scoring on set pieces. So there's all these different ways that you can kind of talk about it, but it's easy to say slow start. And then as we discuss in podcasts, go a little bit deeper. Well, that's, that's all I wanted to do. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, you know how this social media world has gotten now. It's like, it's another slow start. And yeah. I'm like, Okay, and, and look, I'm you never. You only have trying. so many characters in a tweet, no, right? No, I get I it. Mean, and I, and <laughs> to be honest with you, I, my my job in the media, or what I think my job in the media is, I'm not trying to talk down to people, but I'm just trying to help them talk the way that you guys talk. And I think that you guys would never just say, "Oh, it's a slow start." Yeah, I mean, that's and and also that that sort of terminology, you're also uh, getting up to speed with some of the players on the team as mm-hmm. well, because they're new to uh, this LAFC model and and uh, like I said before, the principles and and what we. Uh, put at a high level of responsibility, right? Um, so, yes, like coming in at halftime and be able to relay that message and then coming out the second half, it, it makes it easier. It's quick. Like if halftime's 15 minutes. But how much yeah. time really does Steve have in that? Five? Yeah, I mean, when you come in at halftime, you usually give the players around five minutes to just settle in and go use the restroom, uh, see the trainer, whatever they need to do, and then you have five minutes or seven, eight uh, to speak, and then you have a few minutes to just prepare for going out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really like a five-minute, uh, I wouldn't say 10-minute talk. Um, and you're trying to give as much information as possible, but also not overloading. Yeah, not too much. Yeah, though, right? exactly. So what was most interesting to me about that game was so we talked about slow start. Now we go into the second half, and you guys found a way to win. I actually thought Cincinnati played better in the second half. Acosta is dangerous, and you in a lot of ways, yeah. yes, he is dangerous. In so many you ways, got, whether it be some, set pieces, you got some teepees in there, buddy. Uh, uh, yes, for sure, that was dangerous. It wasn't just that Against one. Though. I will yeah. say this: there was a couple other ones where I was like, he and he's always on that line, though. That's, yeah, that's the type of player. Yeah, he, is. he plays on the edge um, with the ball and offensively is kind of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He's a dangerous player. I knew that's what you were talking league. about. I just had to. Um, yeah, of course, of course, a little jab. Um, in DC, you saw it in spades, um, and then um, now moving over to Cincinnati, you, you're now seeing it this season. I think more so than last. Um, he's a dangerous player. That is a is a crafty guy that you have to be aware of. And at times, uh, we were almost too aware of him, and and almost tracking him in moments that oh, we maybe you thought maybe went more man to man. Yeah, which which pulled you apart a little. Well, dragging us yeah. in spaces that then opened up others. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I don't know if that was his intent, but because he's such a, like, like Carlos, almost like a magnet drawing players yeah. to you, then open up space with others. Um, it's not just with the ball, it's without it. Yeah, he has weight on the field. Yeah, gotta, for sure. You got to follow him. Yeah, I just, I thought that uh, Cincinnati, I think their first half game plan was, it's fine. And obviously they get out of there one nil up, but the second half, I think they thought maybe, you know, we're at home. Uh, maybe we can turn the screw a little bit more. And they just felt like they got a little bit tighter to you guys, but you guys, like you've been doing this season, kind of played, willed your way into the game and then got some quality from, uh, obviously from Kellen and then from substitute Danny. Yeah, that's been kind of the recipe is is bringing on guys that can make huge impacts. I think we have 
I saw the stat during the game that we have the most goals from substitutes. Five. So they put up the graphic because Danny came in. They go, yeah, five goals from substitutes, top then, in the league. Then five minutes later, Danny scores. Yeah, so uh, creating so a, a larger margin there. Um, and, and that's just a credit to the depth, right? And, and it's also a credit to, and I don't think people have paid attention to it enough, but Enrique Duran and with the Las Vegas Lights, like they've been playing and they've been very competitive this year. And it's been, uh, I think the consistency from the first team has trickled down to consistency within the Las Vegas Lights, um, our affiliate in USL. And he's done a great job in preparing guys um, to then now when they take this, they come back from Las Vegas, they're ready to go still and, and sharp. And so um, you saw that with Danny. Um, hopefully you see that and it continues with other guys as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just, that's been the recipe and uh, it's timely subs. And, um, you know, whenever Carlos is on the ball, I, I'm just such a huge fan of him. He's going to make something happen. Right. He may not have the, the legs that he did when he first arrived in 2018 and all the, the running and the in behind, but now he's still so effective. He still has that in, in stints, but he's still so effective when he's on the ball because of that gravity that he has, right. because of the, his soccer intelligence. His game is going to age well. That was, for me, why I was like, it's not really a slow start, because I'm like, if Carlos Vela's on the ball as much as he is... By the way, that's a penalty. Yeah. It's a clear penalty. Easy. Come on. Well, refereeing around the league was not great. I heard... You don't have to go back I heard VAR it. wasn't working in the moment. I wouldn't surprise me, but it sounds like it wasn't working also in the Seattle-San Jose game, where Nathan that's, almost ripped off Rui Diaz's leg. Yeah. Um, there's crazy. just It's been very consistent. We won't get into that, because you'll get into trouble. Uh, let's, let's go back to the depth, though. <laughs> um... And you, from from your time playing in just different destinations... Wait, can, wait, we don't need to talk about VAR, but that penalty I do want to speak about because okay. in other leagues, um, when a player makes a mistake like Powell did in right. sticking his foot in, it's called. Right. And you, you, He you, put himself he, out there. He put himself out there. He's a defender. It's inside the box. The onus is on you not to dive in. Correct. Carlos doesn't go down very often. Mm. When he does, there's always contact. He does not have a rap for diving. Um, he stays on his feet. When he goes down, there's something that has happened. Yeah. I'm just, it's been four years now. He's never dove. I know. And By the so, way, you have no penalties this year. I, I didn't know that. And there's been years where we've had a lot. Mm -hmm. And this year, for whatever reason, it's, it's, I didn't know that. No penalties. Um, but yes, he is, takes a great first touch. Defender puts his foot in. It's a, a clear foul for me. We can move on now. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I, had to, well, I had to throw that No, that's there. fine. I, I just want to try to not get people in trouble. Yeah, no, I just like think, after the Galaxy my match. My point is saying Carlos is like he doesn't go down easy. Yeah. Well, like after the Galaxy match, I obviously had to sit down and talk with Steve. It was the first time talking with him after a loss. So I was like, oh, this will be interesting. And he goes, what do we want to talk about? I go, well, we're not going to talk about this and that. And he goes, how? And that, the competitive spirit. And, and I was like, <laughs> look, you can do whatever you want. But I'm telling you from my side, I'm not going to bring it up because if I do and then you get in trouble, I'll definitely get in trouble. And I, yeah. you know, that's why. That's why. I get it. Thank you're, you. You're learning that. Appreciate it. You're learning that now that you're in the media. Starting to. Yeah. It's, it's been early. Uh, I want to talk about depth because uh, I did bring this up with Steve before you, you came on with me for in the in touch. And we were talking about how it feels like uh, this is a disruption a little bit in MLS that you guys have found, a little bit of uh, inequality, whereas the squad feels bigger than it ever has. And I don't know, you can tell me if it, that's not true, but it feels bigger than it ever has in quality players and the fact that and most times in this league, a coach can turn to his bench and say, all right, I got this guy. I know for sure good. Second sub, okay, he's okay. Okay, now my third, fourth, and fifth sub, 
I'm maybe even throwing a kid out there or someone I'm not too sure about. Whereas I feel like when you play LAFC, you're playing 13, 14 guys every match. Yeah, and with all the internationals we have, um, you know, there's going to be injuries throughout a season. You're going to see these different lineups, and the level doesn't drop. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's very impressive is that uh, there are guys that are capable definitely throughout this league in that range of, say, 15 to 18, and they're very serviceable. Um, but I, I feel like, and I'm a little partial, that the guys within that range here at LAFC um, – it's not just serviceable, they're actually quality mm-hmm. and they're, they're keeping the level at, at where it needs to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's a Tajiri Shroudy or, um, you know, Seba I think came in and did really well. Yeah. Um, you know, in the past, you talk, like we had depth um, and it was more kind of changers like a Lee Win, mm-hmm. right? Um, when we had uh, Diamande and Christian Ramirez, that was massive to have a one-two punch at the nine position. Um, but yeah, I think there's, uh, there's a wide range. Now you have a Franco Escobar on mm-hmm. a bench who that was my favorite player going into this yeah. season. I talked about him heavily. Um, and it's hard for him to find the field now that Hollingshead is playing really well and, and Cheeky's having an amazing season. So um, there's depth, there's competition. You see it a lot in training. Um, and now that is coming over and everybody's needed, especially with an open cup, um, where we, like you said, uh, put so much importance on it and we want to win a trophy. Yeah. I just feel like that is a little bit of a inefficiency that you guys have taken advantage of in the league. It's hard to do because you're cobbling a roster together under a cap. You can only get so many guys. And I understand why a lot of MLS teams can't do that per se. Um, but it's, I, it's just rare. I don't think we've really seen much of it. It's happened. I'm sure it's happened. Um, I may be forgetting. I mean, I feel like that Toronto team that almost you know, won the kind of treble was yeah. pretty deep. Um, but yeah, I think I th- just think it's rare that a team, uh, a coach can look down a bench and go, I still have a lot of confidence in my fourth and fifth sub. Yeah, even in, into the goalkeepers, mm-hmm. uh, John McCarthy, I thought he had a great game. And yeah. you see it here day in, day out. Um, Max Grapeau is one of the best goalkeepers in the league. And now you have a one two where, um, you know, goalkeepers aren't really subbed in and out, but they right. are given opportunities at times. So, um, yeah, even all the way, you know, into the goalkeepers, that, that, all of that depth has come from, um, you know, and this is going into like the Garber bucks, but the allocation money that we've acquired through trades and then now executing all of this stuff in the off season, which the front office did a great job of in cre- using that allocation money and that, that cash or whatever mm-hmm. um, that we've gotten from transfers and thrown it into the roster and created that depth. And I always like to point this out. There still is an open designated player spot. Yes. So the work is not done. Yeah. It's never done. Though. But that's exciting, right? It is. It's super exciting. Not only have we not reached our capacity in, like, the product on the field and how we're playing, which Steve has talked about ever, after every game, mm-hmm. that it can be better, it can get better. Ante uh, Razov alludes to it a lot. But now you have an extra spot in here that you can really improve your team. And, um, and then you're going, okay, where do we improve it? Well, that's that's why that's what I want to point out. John has been on the record as saying this, and I'm sure you guys all talk about this. It's like because we have an open spot and we are also doing well, it's giving you guys the chance to really hone in on exactly what you think will actually make the team better. You're not just most teams will say, yeah, we'll get an attacker because why not? Why wouldn't you get an attacker? That's what most teams do. Now, John has pulled back and said, I'm getting more and more data. I, I mean, I'm going to get us a DP, but I don't have to rush out and just get an attacking player. I can see. Where do we need to actually get better? Because the worst thing a team can do, I think, is bring in a player that's not a guy that's going to push 
for a starting spot, right? Yeah, but you look across this roster and you go, okay, well, where is it that maybe we don't even have enough depth? And you have an Eddie Segura coming back from injury mm-hmm. who, for me, he's arguably... Top arguably, three center back in the league. Honestly, I... I no, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I, he's amazing. Yeah. Passing out of the back, tracking. Um, the, f- the fact... I mean, he can do he it all. Have the, he doesn't have the height of a fall. That's Murray, the only thing, yeah. Daniel Seba, um, but he makes up for it in yeah. grit and intelligence. And so he's coming back, which is like a signing in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like a TAM player signing, which is crazy. Um, And then, yeah, you have a DP signing that you look across the team and it's hard to it's hard to tell and um, like where you use that. But yeah, it's definitely going to be used this summer, which is really cool and exciting to think about as a fan Mm -hmm. of LAFC and then being able to like work with the team. Good problem to have. That's way above my pay grade. How same, same before thing. we before, yeah before well, I was gonna ask you before we move on is uh, how much are you in those conversations? I have I, I thankfully am in them now. How much of an opinion and how much weight I carry that that's up for debate. But but you're in the room. Yeah, it's, it's fun. a good start. It's fun to just be able to, and that's that was why I'm so thankful for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm, and you said on the coaching staff. Like I'm, I work with the coaching staff. Yeah. Um, we always have a hard time faunting uh, uh, like you, by the way, because yes, they're course. like, what do we put Jordan? I go, yeah, just put uh, Jordan LAFC because he's just Mr. LAFC. Yeah, that's kind of what you are. And that's, and that's where it's really nice to have that luxury and that flexibility to be able to dabble in every area LAFC is on soccer ops as of now. And then Larry Friedman's also like, hey, if you want to come over and, and check out this side of things as well. So it's, it's great to have that luxury, and I'm really, really grateful for it and just being a fly on the wall mm-hmm. is is such a great learning experience for me. I'm just going to continue to ride your coattails. There you go. So whenever you like go in the room, I'll just sneak in behind you because I've been in that room, but not when the coaches are in there. <laughs> uh, all right. So we've had a lot of fun here. We were looking back. Now I'm going to I'm going to break the fourth wall a little bit here. I don't know what's coming next. We may have a guest. We had a guest scheduled. They unfortunately had to cancel. So we're going to come back and either we're going to have a guest or we're going to be previewing Minnesota. One or the other. We will be back. I don't know what it is, but this is. Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Inside LAFC, the Jordan and Vince podcast today. In partnership with 110 Football. Again, subscribe, rate, and review. Share with a friend. And we will be back. It'll be a surprise. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Inside LAFC podcast, the Max and Vince podcast. Sometimes we call it the MVP, and it's going to work here. Why? Because we've got Mahala and Vince. still the MVP podcast. And you've been playing. I won't throw out the MVP. I won't put that on you. But you've been playing at a level. That's been very good as of late. How have you been? How have you felt about your start to the season? Uh, I felt great because uh, I've been out last season and uh, started playing this season, getting playing time. Feel amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What's it? What's it been like? Obviously, you were injured and long-term injured, which I know was tough for you. I, I would see you always with a smile, though. But I know it's tough for you to not be on the field because that's this is what you do. This is your life, um, and I know that you like to compete. But man, when you go from not playing a lot. To starting, uh, what's what's that been like on your energy levels? What's that been like on your mindset? Well, it's um, every player dream to to get more playing time to start. So it feel great, and uh, it, it helped me to push more and do more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And how's that worked with Steve? Is a coach that knew you before this, and a lot of guys have said it's kind of nice having a coach that, even though we had to get a new coach, he's someone that we knew. Um, and so he knew you. He's, he's a big fan of yours. How's the relationship been? Um, he's always seeming to, to be willing to talk to you about how you're playing and really get dig into it with you. Well, it's been great because uh, he's a nice coach and uh, 
come to so and uh, he know me before and he he know I can do better so he trying his possible best to help me out so that's a good side you know yeah what for you has been see I so I tell people that because you have been playing so well and they say man he's just he's different and I say no it seems like the same Mahala to me but has anything changed for you like what do you feel like you've improved on in your game well what I can say is like the energy level um, trying to my possible best to help the team mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and uh, my I scored last year I didn't score goal so today this year I started scoring goal mm -hmm. so it's good so you're finishing yeah the finish. was there something specific that you've been working on your finishing I mean I, I've known from watching you that you've always had a pretty heavy shot like you can hit it um, so I knew that you could finish but you know when players all of a sudden start becoming better finishers was it something you were working on or just yeah being on the field it's something that I've been working on because uh, Mr. Ante is always um, showing me some video that will help me out so mm -hmm. that kind of thing is helping me out a lot yeah. I know Ante likes to a lot of times show you maybe other players um, I, I'm sure you look at a lot of your video, but he'll show you guys and say, you know, you can be more like this. You play kind of yeah. like this. Could you give me some? Uh, give me some of the names of some of the players. Can uh, you share that? Obafemi. Okay. Obafemi Martins. Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, what is uh, Mosala Mane? Mm -hmm. You know. So yeah. And how do you feel about those guys? They're great. Yeah. Man. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> like to, it, you know? It's nice to even say like, hey, your game kind of translates a little <laughs> bit like these guys. Yeah. Yeah. So he told he told me like uh, I should look up to Obafemi like the way he pace mm. and his strength and uh, finishing. You know. So I should watch more of his videos and learn more about it. So. Mm. Skewed. You know what I love about us doing this? We're just having a conversation and so many people are worried that they <laughs> can't pass through here. They can. They can totally walk through here. It's loose. Yeah. We got Paul over here. <laughs> yeah. uh, Paul, superstar, head yeah. of team security, Paul. Mr. Paul. Yeah, tell me about Paul. What's your relationship like with Paul? Well, we have... <laughs> <laughs> now you got to be on your best behavior. Now yeah. you're worried. Yeah, oh, we, you got uh, Paul and Jason. Both, both, yeah. Don't be mad, Mr. Paul. <laughs> we have we have a wonderful relationship. We are, he's a father role model to me, mm -hmm. and he's been taking care of me ever since I came to this team. So he's really amazing, man. You know, yeah. but <laughs> we have one fight. We've been fighting also. We are on TV, so I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we'll keep we'll keep that hidden. We'll keep that hidden. Uh, for you. You know, obviously when you, you came here, you were here trialing, um, and then in a lot of ways you kind of got stuck here. Uh, but you, so, but it, it, it worked out in the end, right? You got stuck here because of the pandemic, you stuck around the team, and, and John Thornton has said this, you know, it was your attitude was infectious. You were just, you were so, you were always happy, but you were always willing to work hard, and like you, ju you played your way into joining this team. Um, but I, I that story has already been shared. What I want to ask you is, how much more comfortable are you living here in LA now that you can like go around and, and like be yourself? Yeah, you know, LA is such a beautiful city, nice city, you know, so I love it. The weather is good, you know, so I love it here. Yeah. Do you have any places that have become like your favorite places? Oh, I, um, I, I used to go to uh, bowling. Oh, that's what are I you a good do. bowler? Yeah. No, not that good, but not bad. You know? Like what? What? what what's like a, a Mahala score in a game? Like what? Are, what are you getting? Um, first one I was hundred and something, and okay. second one I was eighty nine. You know? Okay. 
I'm trying my possible best to be good. In yeah. <laughs> I think anytime you break 100, it's good enough. Yeah. Right? So, so you enjoy bowling. Okay. That's yeah. that's cool. That's something yeah. new. I didn't I didn't know that about oh, you. That's pretty cool. That's my favorite part, you know. And uh, I like going to movie theater to mm -hmm. watch movies, you mm -hmm. know. So that's what two things I do most, you know, and have, watching anime. You know? Have you seen any good movie movies lately? Um, I was going to watch... Um, Batman, mm -hmm. but I have not got time yet to yeah. go, so I'm just taking my time to you, go. You got to get HBO Max, and you can just watch it on your TV at home. Yeah, I'll, I'll look at. Yeah, I'll do it. you do that? Yeah, I'll do. That. But you're saying anime too? Yeah, you're oh. a big anime fan. Oh man, that's something that you share with with Chicho. He uh, he he's too. He's a big anime fan. So. Who do you think is the bigger anime fan, you <laughs> <or> Chicho? <laughs> well, I can say. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, what about this? He, so he has his celebration, which is an anime celebration. Yeah. You scored some goals. When are we going to see an anime celebration? You're going to see a lot. I have, I have a lot in my pocket to show you. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, when you celebrate, is it just like it happens for the moment? Or do you ever go into a game and think like, I want to, I want to kind of do that? Well, it's like something just happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I'm into it and then I love to do it. So, mm -hmm. and most of the time I think like, okay. I want to do this, you know, mm -hmm. I want to do this sign, you know, and let's go, go, so, yeah. Okay, I love it, I love it. <laughs> oh, I, we'll, we'll look out for the anime celebration, because yeah. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> uh, let's let's keep talking about it on the field, and let's just look ahead a little bit, and then we'll get you out of here. Yes, uh, so, this month, you have a lot of home games. Yeah. Uh, five, five out of seven home games, obviously Minnesota's up next. Uh, you got to play in the Open Cup. Uh, games are coming really, really quick and fast for you. Uh, do you like that? Do you like having kind of game, Saturday having a midweek game and just going game to game to game or do you like to get some more training time? You know, I like it because this is what we train for and mm -hmm. this is our work and this is what we want to do. We love to do this. So it's good for us to uh, play a lot of matches for the fans, you know, mm -hmm. so it's good. And how do you feel about playing? You So you play Minnesota this weekend. Uh, they started off a little uneven, but it looks like they've gotten their footing. They have a very good player in Reynoso. Uh, they're, they're kind of they're deep. They're, they look to be pretty sound in defense. So how do you, how do you feel? How are you feeling going into playing Minnesota at home? Well, well, it's a game, so I just want to do my possible best to penetrate through the defenders. So I don't think about anything challenging, you know. But it's football is like about um, you play to win. Mm -hmm. So whatever the cost you want to win, you do it. Mm -hmm. You know. So we're going to fight to win. And we are playing home too, so we got the fans, we got everyone beside us. So, you know, we're going for a win. So, and the type of player you are, I would assume that the the fans, like the energy, because you already bring energy. That's you've already said that you want to bring a lot of energy. You want to be out there. You want to be moving. But the fans, they push you like above 100 percent. Like they yeah, can really the fans, the fans play a lot of part in the game because mm -hmm. they are the one who support us. So if you have somebody who's supporting you, like. Um, cheering you up, pushing you, you know, you want to do better for them. You want to push hard to make them too happy, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'll say for the people that aren't watching, uh, there was a helicopter that flew above heaven. They probably heard it. Uh, there's been helicopters all day. It's ever, that was the very first time that we actually had a helicopter on here. So yeah. uh, it must mean that it's probably time for us to wrap it up if the helicopters yeah. are coming. Uh, <laughs> that's Mahala. He's had a great start to the season. We look forward to seeing him more, and especially this weekend at home. Like I said, LAFC is going to have five of seven games in May at home. So that's your chance to come see this man in person on the top team in MLS, should I say. So come check it out. This is the Inside LAFC podcast. We're going to call it now the Mahala and Vince podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. 
We'll see you guys next week. Oh, yes! They knocked on the door, and they finally kicked it through.